Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for thunder and lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a Tuesday morning. Glad you've joined us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. You know, the weather, it can't really make up its mind right now, but lucky for you, when you go to Strange Brew, they've got you covered either way. If it's hot outside, hey... How about a delicious iced coffee or just head over to Turn and Spoon for some frozen treats? But if it is cold outside, well, the, the coffee is piping hot at Strange Brew. All of their different blends and all their different drinks to warm you up on a cold, cold drive to work. So, there's no reason not to head over there. Strange Brew has two locations here in Starkville. they got one on Highway 12. they got one on University Drive. And, of course, there's always Brupolo in Tupelo. And don't forget to shop online with Strange Brew this holiday season for the coffee lover in your life. Speaking of shopping online, you know that this is the time of year that it needs to start happening. Well, College Corner's got you taken care of. They can ship your maroon and white merchandise just about anywhere, so why don't you do that right now? Head over to collegecornerstore.com and get Christmas taken care of right now for the Bulldog fans in your life. Shirts, hats, stuff for the car, stuff for the house, stuff for the tailgate. They've got you covered every which way you're looking to do Mississippi State. So, Two locations to serve you in Jackson. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or visit them online at collegecornerstore.com. Fiscal year is about to come to an end for a lot of businesses right now. Maybe the decision needs to be, hey, what can we do so that you know going forward, our technology is upgraded, it's up to date, it's working for us, we're not working hard against us. So what you should do is call Advantage Business Systems and find out how they can put you on a plan and put you in some systems that are going to make your business work even better. They've been doing it for 46 years here in the Magnolia State. They've got a ton of experience. They can help you out, so you should call them today. 844-833-6245 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Well, I know we said on yesterday's show that we were going to talk about basketball scheduling today, but obviously football scheduling is the uh, the, the big news of the day. Mississippi State has canceled uh, today's game, or sorry, Saturday's game against the Auburn Tigers due to uh, the COVID nineteen roster requirements. L- long story short, it is a combination of COVID testing injuries and player departures that have Mississippi State at this point. Uh, you saw you saw Bruce Feldman make a tweet that Mississippi State's roster is down to the mid-40s. I did a little research. I looked at the participation chart from last weekend. State played a total of 45 guys. Um, now, I went back and looked at LSU. Well, I mean, that's as healthy as they could have been, right? They played 54 guys in that game. But six of those guys are gone. Schrader, Peters, Hill, Shavers, Lawson, and Pendley. No longer on the team for, you know, or in Peter's case, he's just out with injury. Uh, Costello and Rogers is a wash. Costello played that game. Rogers did not. So it, it sort of balances itself out. So 
just from that standpoint, State didn't play a whole lot less players that they had available. It's just that they didn't that the combination of things is getting them, and this appears to be a contact tracing thing, not so much a COVID outbreak. Um, I don't think we all, any of us realized how close we were to not having football on this past Saturday. No, I, I knew several guys were out. Yeah, and we talked uh, about that. Yeah, and 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 knew going in that it was apparently a few offensive linemen. I did not realize how many offensive linemen um, until they went out there to warm up and there were only eight guys. Um, obviously, Mississippi State is not going to say, hey, these guys are out with COVID. You know, that's just not how it's going to work. And, and and so for those that wonder, like, you know, if you know and don't report this kind of stuff, well, I mean, there's a difference in knowing and knowing with the ability to report. You know, you, you need a on-the-record, this is – what it is that you trust uh, kind of thing to officially report that, so to speak. And, yeah, knew, knew some guys were going to be out, and then it became pretty obvious early on, offensive line-wise, who was out, but had no clue <clears throat> that State was only one guy over the threshold. Yeah. Uh, you know, if State had been one guy further down, yeah, wouldn't seen football last Saturday. Right. And I don't, I don't think you can use that as an excuse for the performance because Vanderbilt only had 58 guys. Well, you can a little bit because it impacted the offensive line. but it, To which I would tell you that that offensive line wasn't exactly performing was, well at full strength. I, I agree with you, but I'm just <clears> – <throat> I mean, I, I don't know that the result is all that different if, if State's full strength up front. That's my point, yeah. I, I don't I don't. But think it, that, could, it may have been a little bit, maybe. I don't know. I, I just look at, you know – the way State calls plays. Yeah. That's not going to change. Um, the performance Saturday looked reminiscent of what we had seen in recent weeks. Exactly. Regardless of the fact it was So now guys. Mississippi State, for the first time, I think our friend Ben Portnoy tweeted, so that since 1939, perhaps, I have to look and double-check that, State will play two games after the Egg Bowl. Both of them at, both Two of regular them, season games. Two regular season games. Both of them at home. Uh, they will play uh, – Missouri on December 5th, that's obviously already scheduled. And now they are scheduled to take on Auburn on December the 12th uh, to finish out the season. Um, you know, on a day where it looks like a lot of this is going around, looks like I will be surprised if LSU gets to play Alabama this weekend, uh, just based on the numbers coming out of LSU. They're down to one scholarship quarterback. And Alabama- you can have one, but you got to have, you know, if you have one, if he goes down, you're in trouble. And Alabama already has a game set for December 12th. No, it's LSU has Isn't a game. It? Or it's LSU? Okay. So I thought so about I, that. I don't, I don't know what they'll do. I think they'll cancel the Florida game because the divisional game is more important, right? I, you would think. And that just makes logical sense, right? So, for Mississippi State, I don't know if there's a good time, bad time for this. You know, you obviously don't want to have these kind of situations, but doesn't this, you know, sort of come in a, an extra bye week is something you might actually need? Because you, you, you are missing guys with injuries. Maybe you can get some of them back. And it, it just felt like you were, you were heading towards another bad game. Well, I mean, I don't know how it helps you if you're not getting to practice. I mean, you're just sitting around. I don't know. Sitting around playing Madden a week's gonna help you. I I, I don't. <clears throat> I don't really know what it does from an improvement standpoint. Coach Leach I, over there talking about playing video games. Well, I mean, he's right. Yeah. And so many of these guys, like you said, don't or they haven't even tested positive. They're just contact tracing. Got to sit around. But from a from an actual, does this? <laughs> Sometimes when you're talking about health, and I know these kids basically are 
fully healthy for them. I mean, Leach said there's no health issues. So I feel like with that, uh, you can kind of talk about what it means on the field. So does it help you on the field to have another week? I don't see how it would if you're not practicing. I mean, I guess maybe KJ Costello gets well, healthy, just, but and maybe some of the guys that are hurt can get healthy. That's but not like the guy KJ, I was thinking well, of, yeah. I, what I was going to say is like KJ gets healthy. What's that mean? Because Will's probably starting anyway. Yeah, but I'm thinking about terms of uh, even. I don't know if he was out with COVID or not, but Dollar Bill has been battling some injuries the yeah. past few weeks. Um, you know, you're just going to have you're just going to be banged up and bruised. And Georgia's playing this weekend, so I mean, I I don't know. I feel like all things considered. This might this might actually be a, a little bit of a positive for Mississippi State, assuming that nobody gets really sick, and that's obviously the you know the thing you have to worry about the most. Now I don't think that's going to be the case because everything I've I've sort of heard and read leads to me to believe that it's more of a contact tracing issue that nobody is actually you know sick within the confines of the team. Yeah, I mean it, it doesn't sound like anyone either. Some, a lot of them, like we said, are not positive, and and the ones that are. If you listen to how Mike Leach kind of talked about it all month, it doesn't sound like anybody's in any kind of dire straits by any stretch of the imagination. But, yeah, I, it's just one of those things that we knew coming into the year you may have to deal with eventually. That's you've seen, true. Yeah. You've seen it at other places. Honestly, I'm surprised they got to the middle of November before it happened. Me too. Me too. Uh, I... I just kind of think it's the world we live in right now. I don't think there's anything great, big picture to take from it. Or, or right, no, no, you're right about that. Yeah, I mean, this, and this state's not the first team. LSU's missed a game. Florida's missed a game. Uh, in Missouri, uh, Vanderbilt. Uh, there's there have been a lot of these. So this is just the the world we gonna we're gonna live in for the next few months, I guess. Uh, I, I'm I'm totally surprised that this is happening after the election. I was I was told with great confidence that that was not going to be the case, but whatever. Whatever. Um, I don't know. Do you, do you, it feels like a, it's such a newsy item, but I don't really know what else to say about it, you know? No. I mean, there's there's not much to say. There's a game. Yeah. Now there's not. And State what are we, does What are we not, talking about for the rest of the week now? State does not reach the threshold to have enough guys to play said game, yeah. and so they won't play said game this week. They'll play it on December 12th. Yeah. I mean, just a rough day for the for COVID stuff. <laughs> Sam Pittman tests positive. Uh, outside the conference, Tom Izzo tested positive. Uh, outside up, up, up in Michigan State, the head basketball coach up there. This virus is starting to kick back up a little bit. I hope, hope we're, we're ready for that, and I uh, hope we're ready to, you know, I don't want to have to go through another shutdown. I don't think that's going to happen, but... Let's, let's all, you know, do what you can to, to keep yourself safe, to keep yourself healthy uh, throughout all this, for sure. Um, well, as, as long as we don't have to... I don't guess we ever did a a full-fledged you and me talking about COVID show, but as long as we don't have to do that. Well, hopefully we'll not have to do that again, so. All right, let's move on into... Uh, not, not going to welcome on beef here, but let's, uh, let's, let's talk about that basketball schedule. We're going to talk some basketball to start this game. To get this game, this show. This ain't no game! <laughs> you think this is a game?! Uh, yeah, we're gonna start. We'll talk some basketball. We got some football to talk about, including a, a suddenly interesting picks contest all over again. But on a Friday, Mississippi State released the full men's basketball schedule. Just a heads up: I have reached out to somebody over at women's basketball. They expect that schedule done probably by the at, at the latest, the start of next week, which is really something. We're talking about you're talking, you know, less than less ten than two, days yeah. before you play your first game, and you don't know who you're playing. But regardless, well, of that, I'm gonna say they know who they're playing. Do they? Probably. Does the team know? Um, yeah. I don't know. 
Could be. We'll find out. Who knows? Well, let's look at the men's schedule. Uh, from a non-conference perspective, what, only a total of, that's five, six, seven, eight games uh, in this non-conference. Uh, first, you know, a couple of, uh, of neutral site situations. They start the season off in Melbourne, Florida. That was supposed to be uh, in Cancun, I believe. Now, I've never been to Melbourne, Florida. I hope it's just as nice. But they will play Clemson to start the year. This is like the f- fifth year out of seven or something like that that State's played Clemson in basketball. It's like the Rick Ray Bowl or something. State is to Clemson in basketball what Alabama is in, in football. It's just every year you're, you're seeing that team on your schedule. Um, and then they will take on, if uh, depending on how, how that game comes out, either Purdue or Illinois State, the Robbie Donahoe uh, Bowl will be uh, on, if it's Purdue, or Illinois State, the following, that'll be on Thanksgiving Day uh, down there in Florida. First home game, November 30th, that's a great day to be an American, by the way. Uh, Texas State, the Bobcats. And then it's a, it's a, it's a Texas two-step, if you will, uh, because on December 4th, they play North Texas. Then they play Jackson State and Starkville. No game in Jackson, Mississippi this year. That's probably not overly surprising. The Holiday Hoops Giving is a very interesting uh, tournament that State's a part of. Some big names uh, in that uh, in that tournament, which is being held in Atlanta at the State Farm Arena, which is where the Hawks play, of course. Let me get, let me get the, the, the list of teams here because it's it's pretty I'm, – I'm not it's, – it's over a week, by the way. It's It's – there's like there are games on Sunday the sixth, and there are games on uh, the Saturday, the twelfth. And state is in that tournament. They're playing Dayton, who you know a season ago was one of the top teams in the country. Was one of the favorites for the national title uh, before the season got before the season ended. Uh, now that said, their top player, uh, whose name I believe is pronounced Obi Obi Topin. Uh, is no longer with them. He's, he's headed off to the NBA. Georgia Tech, Kentucky on that Sunday, and then a quadruple header on Saturday. Clemson, Alabama, Mississippi State, Dayton, LSU, South Florida, Auburn, Memphis. I mean, that's a good – if you're a big college basketball fan, that's a heck of an event. It, it's a shame that I'm sure that the uh, attendance. attendance, yeah, will be will be hurt by that. But, uh, that's I mean, that's, that's, that's a really good event. Dayton, Greg's a good program – one thing Brett Hudson always told us when he was here was that he believed in Anthony Grant. And he said that is a good coach. He will get that program going in the right direction. So he was right. Never doubt Brett Hudson's affection for Anthony Grant. And it's funny that Alabama is going to be there as well. It's, it's, it's a, it, Dayton, Alabama would have been a much more interesting matchup. But then you would have had to do Clemson versus Mississippi State for the second time. <laughs> so I don't know how that would have worked. Uh, Bulldogs round out the non-conference. With uh, home dates, a home game against Central Arkansas, and then this is the weird one, right? A random neutral site game the Monday before Christmas in Panama City against Utah State. Utah State going to fly across the country for a one-off neutral site game against Mississippi State. Joel, you're smarter than I am. I'll admit that. Why is this game happening? Why why is this game being played in Panama City Beach? Are there other games being played in Panama City Beach? No. This is a total one-off state is playing the only, this is the only game being played at that arena at that time. This is not part of a tournament. I cannot make sense of this. Yeah, me either. So Yeah, it doesn't make a lick of sense. All right, great. I was making sure I wasn't <laughs> alone, you know. <laughs> Unless I'm missing something here. All right. 
Bulldogs will actually start conference play in December on the the 30th, so day before New Year's uh, New Year's Eve in Athens, Georgia, against the Georgia Bulldogs, and then you get a, a pretty good stretch. Uh, five or sorry, four of the next five are at home, including a January 2nd, so the Saturday, uh, January 2nd, it's the day after New Year's, Kentucky. Uh, comes to Starkville. They the first AP poll came out today, I believe. Kentucky was one of two SEC teams ranked, along with Tennessee. You get Missouri at home. You travel to Vanderbilt. Then you have A and M, and then Florida. So both Florida and uh, Kentucky come to Starkville this year. Then Ole Miss on the nineteenth. That's a Tuesday. That game is in Starkville. That is the first time the first game has been in Starkville. And I believe, no, no, it was two years ago. Never mind. It was never mind. Yeah, state. Yeah, state state lost to Ole Miss and Starville, and then went up there and beat them in Kermit's first year. Correct? Yeah, I think that's right. Is that right? Yeah, that seems right. Yeah, uh, the games that state plays twice: Ole Miss, Alabama, uh, South Carolina, Texas A and M, and there's one more. It's either Missouri or Vanderbilt. It's Vanderbilt. Those are the uh, the five teams you will play twice. They will travel to Knoxville. They will travel to Athens. They will travel to whom I leaving out there. I guess that's it. And then uh, Auburn. Where's Auburn? Where is Auburn? Okay, there's Auburn. They they go to Auburn this year. And then for I guess single home dates, they have Kentucky, Florida, and Missouri. And then the rest of the games are home and away. Uh, and then, of course, January 30th is the remaining non-conference game. I guess I should say there's nine non-conference games. Yeah. State will host Iowa State as part of the SEC Big 12 Challenge. My first thought at the schedule, Joel, is this. Uh, if State can have success, this is a schedule that probably puts them into the NC- puts them in, I'll put it this way, into the good graces of the ubiquitous net rankings. Yeah, yeah. You've got I, some good names on the schedule. You know, a lot of times when schedules are released... Um, all the media relations guru gurus of the world put words like challenging and that sort of deal in, in it to make it you know sound like it's a really tough. But I mean that that's an I don't know if Matt Dunaway threw that in the release whenever this was released, but that would be a good way to, to describe it. I mean this is going to be a th- this isn't some cupcake uh, non conference schedule. You know what was it a few years ago? State played. 14 nobodies <laughs> to open the season. Uh, it was just cupcake after cupcake, kind of, in a lot of ways. But, I mean, you got some names in there, and, and depending on how things shake out in some of these tournaments, I mean, it could get even even tougher. Uh, so, yeah, I think you're exactly right. It remains to be seen how this Mississippi State team will respond and if they are uh, able to replace the Reggie Perry's and Robert Woodard's of the world, but if they can and can kind of just keep their head above water in that non-conference game, I mean, you got lots of opportunity there. This is not some schedule that you got to run the table to get in the NCAA tournament, I don't think. You've got a lot of quality teams that at the end of the year are going to have some good records, and you got a pretty good shot to get in the dance if you can throw a few punches yourself. I think if you're a Mississippi State fan, where you might take some positivity is State was unexpectedly really good in conference play last year. I mean, they finished up as the number four team. They had the double bye. And nobody thought that going into conference play because State had lost. They had some bad losses last year in the non-conference. So, you know, I mean, you only have eight games. I mean, let's just assume you lose to Dayton and Clemson. And we'll throw one more in there. 
You know, they lose to, I don't know, Utah State. Utah State, year in, year out, it's a pretty decent program. You're 5-3, and three, but you'd have three losses at neutral sites. So, are, you know, you get some points for that. You'd have a win at a neutral site with the, the, the assuming you win the consolation game uh, of the, uh, what is it called, the Cancun Challenge. The Cancun Challenge in Florida. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Correct. So, you know... I think you're okay if you're if you're five and three after those first eight games. Now, if you're four and four or worse, you're gonna have some issues. You're gonna have some issues. And this team, you know, there's just so many questions surrounding it right now. There's just so many. You know, I don't know if DJ Stewart can become that alpha dog. I don't know that. You know, I don't know what to expect from the transfers. You know, Davis, Smith, and Johnson. What are you getting from them? Can one of them can can they recreate Reggie Perry and Robert Woodard, you know, to quote Moneyball in the aggregate? Can they just you know, what did you lose with Perry and Woodard? Twenty eight points per game for between two guys. Can you get that back between three guys? Because if you can, you're going to be okay. I think. Adu, I'm sure Ben Howell will tell us that Abdul Adu is working hard and is looking better off. But I, I until I see him become a guy who's getting 10, 12 points a game. Consistently, I can't buy into that. But that said, on the defensive end, on rebounding, he's fine. You know, I, I know what he gives you. There. I mean, he's elite defensively. Yeah, I agree with that. And then you've got to, you've got a, a backcourt of guys that I'm, I'm interested to see: Smith, uh, Molinar. Um, th- those two guys are are they're intriguing to me. It kind of seems like Molinar right now has the edge to be your starting point. I agree. I, I think state. If you said what's the line I'm going to look like right now, I think it's going to be. Molinar, Stewart is the two. The three is where I'm, I don't know, but I think Smith and uh, and the do obviously are going to be the uh, the four and the five, yeah. and then it's just you know it who, sounds who, like sounds like Cam Matthews is making a push. Yeah, as a true freshman, that's that's interesting to me. You know, Jalen Johnson can play the three. I think Javian Davis can play the three. Uh, and even though he's six nine, he, he's 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 got some some length to him. I think that you can go small, and you could go Smith Molinar in the backcourt with with Stewart as the three. Yep. So you've got, this team could go some different ways. They've got some flexibility for sure, and we haven't even mentioned Isaac Stansberry yet. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm interested to see those three transfers, and then you have these freshmen. Smith, we know, is going to play a big role. We're hearing that Cam Matthews may end up playing a, a pretty good-sized role. But then what happens with Derek Fountain, Anderson Garcia, uh, and Keandre Montgomery? Are they? Can they just give you, you know, because those are the guys off the bench now. Like, what? what's the eight men for State? Well, if we say Molinar, Stewart, Stewart Matthews, Matthews, Tolu, Tolu Smith, and, and, and Adu, that's your five, right? Jalen Johnson's going to be in there. Javian Davis is going to be in there. And and uh, Davion Smith. Smith. So that's the eight. There's your eight. So yeah, that's actually at. Well, think about where you were when Woodard left, and you know, or going back even, go back even further to when all of those guys, you know, State had what six guys at the portal. Yeah. And you're thinking, yeah, they got to completely rebuild the team. Kudos to Ben Howland. Not only did he completely rebuild the team, but he did so in a way where it's it's not nine freshmen. He got some experience in there in those in the transfer market. As a first eight goes, that's not as bad as 
as it could have been at first glance. No. You've got a guy in Stewart who is a proven scorer. He's proved he can score in the SEC. Molinar is a talented guy. We saw enough from him last year to feel like once he gets full-time minutes, he's going to be good. Yeah, and I'm sure he has – I mean, got to remember, he's freshman year ago. Yeah, they, yeah. What do they say is the biggest jump? Freshman, yeah. sophomore. A do, you know, you know what time. you're getting with a do. And then uh, Javion Davis was a decent enough player for Alabama in his first year. And then you just – you know, Davion Smith is a guy – who is a top fifty player nationally? So you have to assume there's some talent there. You can't just you know it's he's a high enough rated recruit that I would look at him and go I can I feel like I can expect him to be okay. Yeah, you know in year one, and then it's just you know, Jalen Johnson. That's a guy who scored a lot of points at a lower level. Can he do it at this level? We'll find out. And then you know then you just you need a couple freshmen to step up. It's not it's not the train wreck I was afraid it was going to be back in like mid May. When everybody transferred out, Perry was gone, and then you you found out Woodard was probably going to go too, and you're just like, and, you know, this is a team that might not win ten games. I feel at least comfortable now that this team will be competitive throughout the year. I don't know how many games they'll win though. Is that a fair assessment That's of where fair. you are? That's fair because I mean, look, we just rattled off some names and things, but there's still a ton of question marks there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Davon Smith, yeah, maybe he ends up being great, but. Maybe he struggles mightily as a freshman. Um, if Cam Matthews starts at the three, do we know for sure what we're, what state's getting out of him? No. Uh, there's just no... Outside of DJ Stewart, I feel like you kind of know what you're getting with him. I feel like you kind of know what you're getting out of Molinar, for the most part. You know what you're getting out of Abdul Adu. And then from there, you basically got five question marks. And now you can choose to be optimistic and, and say those guys are going to be good and fine, and, and they may very well be, but... I, Again, you just haven't seen it, um, so all you have to go on there is optimism, you know, kind of. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, there's reason to be optimistic with those yeah. other guys. And honestly, sure. you look at last year, right? I mean, Adu was what he is this year was what he was last year, right? You had Nick Weatherspoon, you had Tyson Carter, and you had Perry and Woodard. So basically, what you're telling me is you got you had one more guy last year that you had total faith in. You know, this year you got. Three guys you feel really good about. Last year you had four. So, for me, I mean, do I think this is going to be a tournament team? No. As we sit here today, two weeks before the start of the season, no, I don't think that. Yeah. But do I think they can make it interesting, be competitive? Yes. The question is, is that enough? Now, I will go out and make a you know, as much of a guarantee that I can that in the post-COVID landscape of not wanting to spend excess money, Ben Howell's not going anywhere at the end of this season. But this is year six, and you sort of have, you feel like you're definitely going to take a step back from where you were in year five, or you took a step back from where you were in year four. So you're not trending in the right direction. So is that going to be enough? I guess is my question. You know, I, I, I don't see a, 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 a giant resurgence in men's hoop anytime soon here at Mississippi State. I, I don't either unless a couple of these guys really, really hit, like Smith and Matthews. If those guys end up being stars and then you get another year or two of really good basketball out of Stewart and Molinar continues to develop, I mean, that, that's very pie-in-the-sky kind of thing. But if if all that kind of transpires, then I could see this team. You know, I mean, that's a solid, solid 
core for the next few years. Um, but if any of those wheels fall off, like if, you know, Smith isn't all that great. and uh, I mean, you, you could certainly see a scenario where State's just kind of floundering in the middle of the pack or worse here soon. So yeah. it could go either direction. I, yeah. I feel like basketball, you can't really look and project too much. Because like this year, we were convinced that this year was going to be possibly a disaster for yeah. State. Yeah. And I guess it still could be. Who knows? But Ben Howland pieced it together with the transfer portal and and everything. I mean, it, it can just change so much year to year. I think it's tough to project right now what State's going to be even a couple years down the road. Well, when you look ahead to next year and you think, okay, you're going to lose a due in Jalen Johnson, but that's it. You know, right now, everybody else is – there's only – I mean, there's not even a junior. State has one junior on the roster, and I guess I assume Justin Rumpf is a walk-on. Uh, or is he, he's actually a JUCO transfer, but he's listed as a squad member. So that's a guy you don't expect to play, right? Did the NCAA come in and say winter sport athletes? I believe so. So Abdullah Duke technically could come back again, right? He could, but I don't. I just personally don't see that happening. Just for me. I was just guessing. Yeah. Though. I mean, he is a he'd be a a fifth year senior at that point, right? Because he didn't play as a freshman. But he was also uh, he was he, he was he's he listed as a redshirt senior, so yeah. he he's though I guess so it'd be a sixth year. He's not going to stick around, I don't think. I would be really surprised by that. And then be like twenty five years old yeah, out there. Jalen Johnson is also listed as a redshirt senior, but he's a grad transfer. And so he's a guy who's already got a degree. Both of those guys, I think, I'm pretty sure Abdul has a degree. So, but then you look at you know Molinar sophomore, Davis sophomore, Stewart sophomore. Matthew Smith, Garcia, Fountain, Montgomery, Freshman, Post, and Tolu Smith. We haven't talked about Quentin Post, who is a guy that he's. We like to talk about X factors on Fridays. I have no idea what that guy is. Could he become like a, a, a stretch four, a, a guy who you know can play down low but also play out on the perimeter and give him a few some shooting? I don't know the answer to that. So. Potentially, this team could be really good next year and the year after that, assuming they aren't just decimated again by the transfer portal. So we'll see what happens there. But that's the schedule. I mean, right now, gosh, it's impossible to predict when. I feel like this is a team I really need to see a couple of games before I can make a a solid prediction. I'll I'll make one before then, but I, I will not hold myself to it. Like, what, 18 conference games and, and nine non-conference, so 27 games total? I mean, I could see them like like fifteen and twelve, sixteen and eleven, something like that. That's that's where I would that's where I would lean. That's where I would lean. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. All right. Well, let's move. You know what? Let's say welcome home beef. We'll do that for the picks. Let's just talk. Let's just transition here. We want to talk a little bit about the why. We talked about the how last week about Mississippi State football. We talked about. Uh, how the roster ended up like this. And evidently the roster is it's in a little bit worse shape than we thought. Our, our friend Robbie Falk talked talked to us about this that state only dressed apparently fifty five guys on uh on on Saturday. Which, you know, I didn't really think about it at the time. I knew they only dressed eight linemen, which means uh five of their them were missing, right? And it was it's not just COVID. That's what that's sort of the the, the point people are missing. You look at the original roster, Schrader, Maiden, Hill Williams, uh, Shavers—they're all gone. You know, all these guys who have transferred out—they've all hit the portal, or they've just—you know—they've opted out. 
Costello didn't dress because he's injured. And, you know, a few other guys were like that. Dollar. Then you had the guys who we, we think were COVID, but we're not sure. You know, Pickering and, and Cross and and those guys. So, stay, so that A, that means that this weekend's game is sort of a interesting thing to watch because if they have any more guys out, they can't play. If they're at 55, they can't lose but one more guy. Uh, I think you gotta, I think you have you can have fifty three. I think you can have fifty three, so but also if but they you lose, have have, it, it depends on position. If they lose two to, offensive linemen, they'd be in trouble. Yeah. So interesting, but let's sort of go back to what we talked about yesterday about was Mike Leach the only coach that would have it like this? Do you do you you you've had a day to think about that? Do you do you agree with that premise that just about any other offensive coordinator? Would, I'm not saying that wins and losses would be totally different, but I'm saying that offensive production would be different. Well, I mean, forget coming into Mississippi State. Mike Leach is, without knowing every single coach at every single program in the country, right. Mike Leach runs one of the only offenses in the world like this. I mean, <laughs> so I think it's pretty safe to say that Mike Leach going pretty much anywhere um, is gonna upset the apple cart a little bit. So yeah, I mean, I, I think that I, I don't know if he is the only coach that state could have hired and brought in here and and, and been this big of a, a change. But if he's not the only one, he's one of very, very, very few. I, I mean, another name does not come to mind that you could have brought in, and right. it would have been that would have just completely sort of thrown the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. You know, that would have just said, Garrett Schrader, who was incredibly impressive as a freshman, not interested. You know, we've got a couple of, of big-time running backs here, but we don't have a lot of wide receiver talent. doesn't matter. Yeah, and I mean, too, you talked about it yesterday, too. It'd be one thing if you brought in a coach like Leach to run this offense and you had a pro-style QB sitting back there already. But, I mean, State just doesn't... It's not what state has done at all. So you you have to get another I guess you don't have to. Like we said yesterday, I'm not convinced Garrett Schrader couldn't do something in this offense had right. he stuck around and Lynn Leach wanted him to, but uh you know, he didn't I, I guess think that he could. So you have to get new quarterbacks and and, and now you're you got a true freshman and, and running back cuz discipline whatever Colin Hill's gone. So now you got a bunch of freshmen there. You got you're complicating matters because not only are you changing your system, you're changing your system completely and now having to rely on youngsters who, if you hear Mike Leach talk after the Vanderbilt game, they're kind of having to teach how to work hard. And that's... Anytime you hear a coach that is talking about having to coach effort, that probably means the team isn't very good. And yeah, and that's not a knock on only any of the freshmen that that aren't performing right now. I, I think there is a ginormous difference in the amount of work and effort you have to put in to be successful in high school football as opposed to in the SEC. Agreed. So they have to learn that over time, and so Mike Leach is trying to implement a brand new system without a spring, by the way. And also teach youngsters you got to work harder than you've ever worked before. I, I mean, there's a lot going on. 
Plus, like you just mentioned, oh, by the way, there's a lot of guys out. And so guys that ordinarily might have a little more time to learn some of these things, well, crap, they're on the two deep now. You just, you have a lot going on. There's reasons and there's excuses. A lot of the things that have gone wrong for Mississippi State, they're reasons. They're, they're not necessarily excuses. They, they are reasons for, for why things are happening. And I know it looks ugly, and I know they got to figure it out, and I know everybody's worried about will they figure it out, and I'm not here to say they're going to. But there is absolutely a path to look at what has happened and say, guys are going to grow up. Guys are going to learn to work harder. Um, they're going to get more repetitions in this system. Maybe it's better to go ahead and, and have a bunch of youngsters because they're not used to the Moorhead way or the Mullen way or any other way. The only way they're going to know is Mike Leach. And maybe that bodes well for year two, year three. But yeah, it's to the back to the original point, from an overall program standpoint, there's very few people that could have come in and it just been an absolutely different kind of deal than Mike Leach. Do you believe the 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 idea that's floated around that Mississippi State had to completely revamp what it was doing offensively to become a compet more of a competitor in the SEC? I mean, no, no. I mean, I, you do look at some of the teams though that have beaten Alabama in recent years. I mean, you think back to those Ole Miss teams that were beating Alabama. Mm-hmm. What they do? They're right. They threw the ball a lot. Yeah. Uh, I mean, usually, what it has taken to beat the Alabamas of the world is elite quarterback play. Mm-hmm. What's Mike Leach known for getting? I agree. Elite quarterback play. I agree. Uh, that said, I mean, I, I, I don't know. You, you talked about yesterday how Mississippi State's never going to consistently compete for SEC and national championships, which I agree with. I mean, just how difficult it is to recruit to Starkville and everything else. Uh, you can always be good, but I don't know that the... I, I kind of see the ceiling for the program a little bit as what Mullen did. And you can, yeah, like you said, you can have some years where you compete for the SEC slash college football playoff. But can you do that every single year? Probably no. probably not. And, I mean, Mullen did it. With a run-first spread. Yeah. And so can you do it with a run-first spread? Yeah, you can. He, he didn't quite get over that hump. You know, Alabama State wins that game in Tuscaloosa in 2014. State's in the playoff. And they didn't win it. But they could have won it. Uh, so, yeah, I, I do believe that you could have one of those years with a non-passing system. Yeah, I, I just don't think the system is what's holding Mississippi State back. It's, it's it's just it's players. This is forever gonna be a Jimmy and Joe league. Yeah, you if your players, if you have the the players, you can get it done. I don't care what they run. Right, right. And and that's what we talked about. Going back to last week's show, as you broke it all down, um, with all the recruiting classes and things, man, it's just to be in that conversation to get over the humps against Alabama's. You're gonna have to have two or three really, really strong recruiting classes in a row. And then you, you probably have and, a roster and even in then, which you can And even you can still so. recruit the way Mississippi State does, and that's take some undervalued guys and develop them. Think about that. Four, we talked about the 14 game yesterday and how 
State kicks the ball back to Alabama. They're down 25-20. They've got a ton of momentum. You're thinking they just, they're going to get a stop here. Dak's going to get the ball back and State's going to win. They can't get the stop. So you look at that defense, right? And you've got Chris Jones, and you got Preston Smith, and you got Bernardrick McKinney. And you got some other good players there, too. But in terms of NFL guys, that's who you got. What if you had two, three more NFL guys? And again, they didn't have to be five star guys out of high school. If you just could have found, you know, some high three star, four star guys that you, you know, that you coached up, you probably make that stop. But you just you didn't have enough enough guys. It's just that simple, you know. And you talk about you know beating Alabama with elite quarterback play. Look at Georgia right now, elite just about everywhere except quarterback. What is Georgia right this second if Justin Fields doesn't leave? They're probably the number one team in the nation. They would, have, they would have won the games they lost. I feel pretty confident in saying that. When you look at the way Justin Fields is playing right now, it's obvious that Kirby Smart made a terrible decision there. It would have been an interesting decision at the time to run off Jake Fromm, but it would have been the right decision. And, you know, right and easy are, are you know, I think almost every coach would tell you, is, and almost every person would tell you, they're not always the same thing. So Georgia is, you know, that close to you know, being the best team in the country, they just don't have. The, it's like you just said, you got to have elite quarterback play. When you combine that with elite talent everywhere, that's how you beat Alabama. That's what Clemson is doing. That's what LSU did last year. If LSU had had the exact same situation as last year, but they had the Joe Burrow from 2018, they don't beat Alabama. No, simple as that. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I think I think we're both on the same page here. It, it's not about the system for Mississippi State. So I, that's why I'm just confused why. This message is being put out. This narrative that there had to be this this systematic, the systemic change for Mississippi State from top to bottom of what the program was and what its identity was it feels to me like it should have just been a, a focus on hey, can we get some high energy recruiting guys in here and help our talent profile a little bit because that's what's holding us back. Yeah, it, I mean, when you go to that, when you talk about the narrative. So to speak, who's who's driving that narrative? Other radio people. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it's people that, like you and me, that are. Look, this is not a knock, but we're not we're not smart. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so I, I don't know that when John Cohen hired Mike Leach, he didn't think we've got to change the system. I don't think, you know, I mean, like, as we said yesterday, he was looking at well, Joe wanted, Judge. He and, said that he said that on the air, though. That's what he said. He said that Mississippi State he felt like they needed to change the system. Did Cohen, has, yeah, Cohen has, that, that's a Cohen quote. Yeah. Okay, so okay, I, I didn't realize that came directly from the mouth yeah. of John Cohen. Yeah. So, I, I don't agree with it. No, I, I think Mississippi State the system was not the issue for Mississippi State. I, I, I just leave it at that. So, so the why of how we got here—that that's sort of the why. The decision was made from above to that the 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 what Mississippi State football was from a perception standpoint in terms of Mississippi State is a program that runs the football and plays great defense. The plays great defense has stayed. The runs the football has gone, and so now it's going to become Mississippi State is a team that you know passes the football and plays great defense. And that's going to have to become the MSU's identity. I don't see that identity leading to any more or less wins down the road. No. Uh, but it could. It could. but Well, I'm just saying, if Mike Leach's system does what it's always done, and you combine that with a defense like Mississippi State has this year, yeah. 
you'd have a lot of wins. I mean, I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, that's if ifs and nuts. I know. <laughs> ifs that- and ifs and buts were candy and nuts. True. We'd all have the Merry Christmas. It's but. true. You're not wrong, but I, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. I'll just leave it at that, I guess. Let's move on into our picks, and that's brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef. I'd like to see some Welcome Home Beef on the grill this weekend. I might need to make that happen. or Definitely next weekend when, when Mississippi State is at Georgia, that game has been uh, set, set for a 6.30 kickoff. Joel T., are you going to that game? Georgia? Yeah. Uh, negative. I have a family Thanksgiving that day, though. That day. Not that night. It's a 6.30 p.m. game. Oh, so that night. So what you need to do then, Joel, is not eat that much at that Thanksgiving thing. Just, oh, it's not, it's delicious, but, you know. And then come over, and we'll get some welcome home beef on the grill. <laughs> and we'll do I that. Mean, I mean, if you're offering. Oh, yeah, I think that I am. So, uh, yeah, and you should too. You should definitely be checking out Welcome Home Beef every weekend. Put some steaks on the grill, bur- burgers. Put something in the pot to stew. To put a pot roast in the oven. I mean, Sunday pot roast. I mean, you just you just can't go wrong. So, go over to Welcome Home Beef University Drive. Call them at 662-268-8148. Visit them online at welcomehomebeef.com. Find out how you can get their products in your house, and I promise you, you will not regret it for one second. Call them today. Email them. Visit them. Get to know them. And I promise you one thing is for sure. It just tastes good. Arkansas head coach Sam Pittman has tested positive for COVID. Saw that. No, sir. Now, will he get the Saban treatment? It's Monday. Does he get like 16 tests Can between he, now and the game? They test him every day. He said he's asymptomatic. Does he get Does he get to coach this weekend? We're going to find out how if there is indeed a double standard here in the Southeastern Conference. Because who does Arkansas have this weekend? They have Florida. That is a big game for them. That's a big game for Florida. So let's do that. Let's find out. Let's look at these games. A full slate of SEC action, barring any COVID uh, discussions. Joel T. and I are now tied. We have to find out the winner in the next... We'd make it interesting, you know, down the stretch. Four weeks to go. Tied up. Let's see how it goes. Let's start off. Number 12 Georgia travels to Missouri. Joel, I can't help but think the Bulldogs are going to be looking to... uh, to make a statement after the way they, they were beaten by Florida. Yeah, I feel pretty comfortable in going with the Georgia Bulldogs here. Same here. Let's look at this game because what an exciting game this is going to be, Joel. Are you ready? I'm ready. Vanderbilt at Kentucky. Ugh. This is going to be like watching, you know, PBS. Like, you're just like, what am I watching? It's going to be like 10-7. Yeah. That sounds about right to me. I feel like Kentucky That's it. I will think have Kentucky 10. wins 10. They have the 10. Yeah. <laughs> All right. There's no changes there. Number five, Texas A&M. A team that if they went out, will probably be in the college football playoff. Well, I don't know if they went out, but they're going to win this week because Tennessee has just hit the I don't understand what happened. Dumpster there. fire. They were really good the first couple weeks of the season. They go to Georgia. They have the lead at the half. Did Pruitt just go in there and go, guys, enough. We're playing too good. We got to stop this. What did he? What happened? <laughs> they had the lead on Georgia, and you're like, are they a factor in the East? They play they play Florida towards the end of the year. I mean, is that now they're terrible again? So yes, Texas A&M gets this win and moves forward. We will skip uh, obviously Auburn and Mississippi State. Talk about that on Friday. 
Normally, it's the game of the season. This year, Alabama is a 22-point favorite over LSU. Ooh, I'm looking at one there, 25-point favorite. But that, that's he, I, We asked this question on Sports Talk. Alabama was a 35-point favorite over Mississippi State. Mississippi State beat LSU. Why is Alabama not a bigger favorite over LSU? It's just because their name is LSU, right? Yeah, it's a helmet. It's just a helmet, helmet thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would. I'm going to take the Crimson Tide. I would take the points if we were going that way too. Yep. And I would be willing to take 35. To be totally honest with you. Yep. And I mean, it's one of those deals where if I hadn't already used them, I think I have. I wouldn't mind doubling here because I. I, Ooh, I that's I, right. I haven't. I haven't. Well, I know where I'm doubling. Have I used Georgia this year? I don't know who's used what anymore. Let me look at the. Uh, I did. I used Georgia against Arkansas, so that's no good. Um. Did I use Georgia against Arkansas? No, you used um. Let's hold on. Uh, who cares? Who cares? I no, because you, you might, you know. Oh, I'm not using Georgia today, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> against Missouri, you wouldn't use them. No. Let me see here. Oh, it's too bad you can't use them next week. What's I got? Oh, that's yeah. So let's see here, Georgia. Did you use them against Kentucky? I can't I remember. So. I, I literally cannot remember. We didn't do a good job with this thing. No. The doubler. That's all right, though. Um, I have used Georgia, though, so I can't use them here. Um, so we'll just we'll just move on. I'm going to use Florida with my doubler. I've used Alabama. If I haven't used them. You should not have used Florida yet. I don't think that I have. So Florida versus Arkansas. Yes. You're going you're gonna to not only take the Gators, but you're going to double. Yes. So you didn't take Florida week one, obviously. You took Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. You didn't take them against South Carolina? I don't think that I did. I don't think that you did either. I know you didn't against A&M. LSU's postponed. You didn't take them against Missouri. And you didn't take them. Yeah, okay. So the Gators are your double this week. Um, To be totally honest with you, I'm leaning towards Arkansas here. Let me tell you why. Dan Mullen is the king of winning the big game and then turning around and it's like, what the hell happened? Yeah, it's I mean, happened. If you'll remember, when State went to number one in the country, they went up to Kentucky and it was kind of... It was kind of iffy. Now, this of, game is at home for Florida. I can't pull the trigger on this one yet. But I won't be surprised if Arkansas wins, but I'll take Florida. And then South Carolina and Ole Miss. Have you used Florida for your... Or you're doubling somewhere else, aren't you? I guess I need to if you're going to. I'm. I, gosh. Gosh. If I use Texas A&M? I don't know if you did or didn't. Let's Again, we, we did a just wretched drop job of, of keeping up with we did. when we I doubled. didn't pick them week one against Vandy. Obviously, I wouldn't take them against Alabama or Florida. I couldn't take them against State. I didn't take them last week. I doubled them against South Carolina, didn't I? Last week. It seems, yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. So I've used Texas A&M. I mean, can I can I really double Kentucky? You can. It's Kentucky or Ole Miss. Those are my only two options here. I don't have a hundred percent faith in any of them. Hmm. And I've used Alabama too. I used them against Ole Miss. Well, you've played well that you got. A and M available to you. Who do you, you have? A and M, right? That's your no, double. Florida. Florida is your double. Yeah. 
So if you win, you'll be up one. If I don't double, yeah. If you don't double, I would be up one. Because we've all picked, we picked the same so far. I don't. I don't have enough confidence here to double anywhere else. I'm just gonna have to take that risk. I'll okay. just take that risk. I'm not gonna. So, double so we've got the same picks, but I can still you go. You can up still one. go ahead if Florida wins. By the same token, if Florida loses, you'll be down one. You you'll lose a point. See, here's where we've had we've had this discussion before. Right. I not if if Florida if Arkansas wins, yeah. I neither lose nor gain a point. But you'd lose a point because I double because you double. Okay. 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 I'm going to take that risk. Ole Miss versus South Carolina should be a fun game. South Carolina last uh, few games has not been any good. We'll just, we'll just leave it at that. Uh, South Carolina has lost their last two games to LSU and to Texas A&M by a combined score of 100-27. to uh, Prior to that, though, they beat Auburn somehow. I'm taking the Rebels. I am, too. I actually think Ole Miss might really beat them badly, too. And that's something, man. I was looking at this line. You know, Ole Miss is favored by 11 in this game. Yeah. Like, man. Must Champ going to get canned? Maybe. I, I, I honestly think you might be looking at, at South Carolina head football coach Hugh Freeze next year. And then there's a, there's a good chance of that. No Billy Napier? Which will be funny if that happens, by the way. That Napier overplayed his hand. <laughs> and that Freeze got ahead of him in the, in the pecking order. It's all about the pecking order, brother. So, yeah. I, I'll be interested to see just because... I mean, it's. I don't know that Sankey and the SEC would block it, but how how much would they be on Carolina? Like, you can't hire that guy. I mean, they, they can't make that call, they, they, but they can't do that. At some point, you, the man has to be. You guys know me, not a Hugh Freeze fan, but at some point, the guy has to be allowed to be, make a living. All right, he made his mistakes. You have to. You can't tell coaches. You can't tell your teams that they can't hire these people. Auburn was allowed to hire Bruce Pearl, who who got a, who got an actual show cause. LSU is allowed LSU to maintain. LSU is still allowed to keep Will Wade on staff. All right, you can't you can't you can't tell teams like that. Yep. Yeah. So, all right. So here's our picks: Georgia, both taking Kentucky, both Texas taking Texas A and M, both taking Alabama, both taking Florida. But Joel has doubled, and we're both taking Ole Miss to beat South Carolina. So our options on so somebody's going to be ahead one way or the other on on Sunday yeah. morning. Yep. I like it. All right, guys. You know what tomorrow is. It's the rumblings. Go ahead and get your questions into us. We'll start uh, answering those on tomorrow's show. Anything you want to hit us up for, you know that you know what to do, and we'll get those on tomorrow. Guys, have a great uh, Tuesday. Back with you on Wednesday for Joel T. Coleman. Woo. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.